Hey guys, welcome back to this episode of The Winding Path. In this episode, we will refresh the moon phases from the episode on timing, go over the monthly moons, and talk about lunar rituals. Let's get started. First off, let's go over the timing refresher. In a previous episode, we discussed spell timing and what kinds of energy different moon phases can add to your workings. While timing can be important when planning spell work, you can also simply put together rituals to honor that phase of the moon and what its energy currently means to you. So for your recap, new moon is new beginnings, deconstructive magic, banishing, and protection. Waxing crescent, creating plans, lists, and constructive magic. First quarter is growth, strength, and love. Waxing gibbous, success, health, motivation, and anything for the final stages of plans. Full moon, protection, banishing, revealing, seeing your plans come to fruition. Waning gibbous, cleansing, undoing hexes, essentially a lot of getting rid of energies that no longer serve you. Last quarter, breaking bad habits, shutting away from negative people, or getting rid of negative thought patterns. And waning crescent, meditating, balancing, healing, and shadow work. So while you can plan to do spells for rituals during these times, sometimes your rituals aren't going to be as big or as elaborate. For instance, you don't need a spell to make a plan or to make a goal list, but we'll go into that much later. Before we really get started, I want to share some background history and information about the calendar year. Indo-European root words for moon, mind, and month are matia, manas, mana, or men. They are all connected in their meaning with menstrual blood and the goddess. We see the same thing in different languages with mene meaning moon in Greek and mensis and mensural meaning moon in Latin. And my accents are terrible, so you'll have to excuse me if you can actually speak that language. There are three types of calendars, solar, lunar, and lunisolar. Calendars are used to keep track of dates, to mark the times of solstices and equinoxes, and to create seasonal divides. The oldest calendars that used to be used were lunar calendars, or moon calendars. The solar calendar is the most recent and most widely used calendar format. As such, the lunar and solar calendars have collided and now the moons are embedded within the solar calendar, which is how we are going to discuss them today. Keep in mind that the moons may not match up the same way every year. For instance, tomorrow is a full moon, and it is the blood moon. Usually the blood moon is more so in the middle of October, but because of the leap year and various other astrological alignments, it has shifted and is happening at the beginning of the month instead, giving October two full moons, which we will absolutely be discussing later in this episode. So try not to let yourself be so constricted by the solar calendar all of the time. For now, let's move on to the different moons of each month. Every monthly moon has its own set of names, its own history, and its own energy. I also want to interject here and let you know that all the information I am sharing with you today is from Moon Magic by DJ Conway. This book is an invaluable source of information and I highly recommend it if you're interested in working with the moon day to day and month to month. I am only going to be touching on some of the information from this book for each full moon, but there is a whole slew of information. Myths, legends, correspondences, rituals, crafts, and recipes for each full moon are listed in the book. There are also lists of other holidays that happen in each month that span several cultures, which I love. These, of course, are pretty specific to the Northern Hemisphere, and I wish I could give you more balanced information for this episode that covers both hemispheres. I would guess that for the Southern Hemisphere, the names would be the opposite, just like the Sabbaths are, so the January moon wouldn't happen until June, but I cannot confirm this. 
jumping in with the January moon. And I hope you're prepared for all the symbol I'm about to throw your way. Primarily, this full moon is called the Wolf Moon, but it can go by a few other names. Quiet Moon, Snow Moon, Cold Moon, Chaste Moon, Disting Moon, and Moon of Little Winter. If you're wondering what Disting means, the only thing I could find on that was that it is either a Swedish annual market from centuries ago that involves a sacrifice, or it is a play on the word distant. The moon is farthest away from Earth right at the beginning of February, but it may have used to be in January when it was the lunar calendar. Because this moon happens in the dead of winter, common themes and intentions you could tap into would be doing shadow work, discovering what's below the surface, working on issues that involve no one but yourself, and reversing spells that either have no longer served you or have been put on you. Freya, Inanna, Sarasvati, Era, Chang'o, and Sin are deities commonly associated with this particular full moon. February. Here in Southern Ontario, Canada, February is the coldest month for us. Or maybe it just feels like the coldest month to me, I don't know. But for this reason, the fact that it is called the Ice Moon really speaks to me. It is also called Storm Moon, Horning Moon, Wild Moon, Red and Cleansing Moon, Quickening Moon, Soul Manath, and Big Winter Moon. Soul Manath is written here that it translates to Sun Month, but I've also seen it translate to Mud Month. I feel like these could both be accurate, as the sun comes closer in the end of February, snow starts to melt, and everything gets absolutely disgusting and muddy. Before the sun is melting and things are starting to stir, it's no surprise that some of the intentions you can work with on this full moon is working towards things that are coming towards the surface, growth, healing, purification, and self-forgiveness. Brigid, Juno, Kwan, Yin, I hope I pronounced that right, Diana, Demeter, Persephone, and Aphrodite are deities commonly associated with February's full moon. March is commonly referred to as the storm moon. With spring rain showers that turn into downpours, this makes sense. It is also called seed moon, moon of winds, plow moon, worm moon, lenting moon, sap moon, crow moon, moon of the snow blind, hearth monath, meaning hearth is month, and lentsi monath. I think I pronounced it right. Lentsi manoth? Lentsi manoth, meaning renewal month. If you're somewhere with different seasons, March is usually around the time when some greenery is starting to push through, even if it's just blades of grass. So when it comes to intentions, you can definitely see how breaking into the open, growing, prosperity, new beginnings, and exploring would be intentions you could channel on this full moon. Black Isis, the Morrigan, Hecate, Cybele, Astarte, Athene, Minerva, Artemis and Luna, Sailor Moon vibes anyone, are deities commonly associated with the March full moon. One of April's names is the Growing Moon, but I think most people recognize it as the Hair Moon. It can also go by Seed Moon, Planting Moon, Planter's Moon, Budding Trees Moon, Easter Monath, and Ostar Manoth, Pink Moon, and Green Grass Moon. I mean, from the names of the moons, you have a pretty good idea already about what kind of energy is sprouting. <laughs> Working with your self-confidence, your self-reliance, creating, balancing, and change are all intentions and power that you might channel or experience during the April full moon. With Kali, Hathor, Anahita, Ceres, Ishtar, Veus, and Bast are all deities commonly associated with the April full moon. This is where moon names can get confusing because they definitely change with different backgrounds and cultures. One of the names for the May full moon is also the hair moon, but if I'm honest, I usually know it as the flower moon, probably because the saying April showers bring May flowers. Some other names you might hear for the May full moon are bright moon, frog return moon, because everything is thawing, I'm assuming, and they are coming out of hibernation, 
Thraemilk Monath, which means Thrace Milk Month, Sprout Kale, Winamanoth, which means Joy Month, Planting Moon, Merry or Dryad Moon, and Moon When Ponies Shed. This name most likely comes from when horses are shedding their winter coats. By the time May has arrived in the Northern Hemisphere, lawns are incredibly green and most trees have budding leaves unfolding. But this is also a great time to really start planning and possibly even planting a garden. That could mean flowers or foods. When it comes to intentions and energies for the May full moon, it is very focused on supernatural beings and the Fae. Fairies and dryads are two of the spirits that are associated with this full moon, and so connecting with them, either their energy or strengthening their your intuition and connecting with supernatural protectors are great ways to make use of this full moon. My personal theory for this is because of Beltane. Beltane and Samhain are six months apart, and at both celebrations, the veil is incredibly thin. And yes, it does happen twice. So the ability to connect with other the other side is much easier during May and October. Bast, Venus, Aphrodite, Maya, Diana, Artemis, Pan, and the Horn God are all deities commonly associated with the May full moon. Ah, uh, June, when the weather is getting warmer and the summer solstice is approaching. Because of the time of the year, one of the moon's names is Strong Sun Moon, but most of the time we know it as the Mead Moon. Other names are Lover's Moon, Honeymoon, Aera Letha, which translates to Before Letha, Strawberry Moon, Rose Moon, Moon of Making Fat, Moon of Horses, and Brachmenoth, which means to break month. My theory for break month is because now June is in the middle of the calendar year and houses a solstice, so it's like the year has been split in half slash broken. Because of the solstice, some of the intentions with the turning of the tide can involve decision making and of course strength and shedding light on situations. Ayn of Nognain, Isis, Neith, the Green Man, Seridwin, Bendis, and Ishtar are June's full moon's deities. July's full moon is known as the Hay Moon, as well as Huin Menoth, which is Hay Month, which makes total sense because a lot of the time farmers here are starting to bale hay to sit in their fields. Some of the other names for July's moon is Wart Moon, Moon of Claiming, Moon of Blood, apparently because of mosquitoes, the little bastards, Blessing Moon, Follow Moon, Buck Moon, Thunder Moon, because of all the storms that tend to roll through, and Maid Mana, which translates to Meadow Month. This energy being in the second half of the year, intentions include preparing, divination, and doing dream work. Meditate on your goals and plans and prepare for them, specifically spiritual goals. Kapira, Athene, Juno, Hel, Holda, Seridwin, Nephthys, and Venus are common deities for the July full moon. August full moon is aptly named the corn moon, because it is right around this time when corn is ready for harvesting. It is also named Barley Moon, Dispute Moon, Wold Monath, which translates to Vegetation Month, Moon When Cherries Turn Black, and Harvest Moon. Essentially, it is around the August full moon that a lot of foods are ready to be harvested and stored for the winter, which is why a lot of the energy for August centers around gathering, appreciating, harvesting, health, and friendships. This is a great time to start doing some prep for the harvest season, which comes in September. Gathering what needs to be gathered and being thankful for all you have at this time. Ganesha, Thoth, Hathor, Diana, Hecate, and Nemesis are August full moon's deities. September's full moon and September in general are all about the harvest. Hosting the fall equinox and the main harvest Sabbath Maybon. Obviously, September's full moon is named the harvest moon. Other names for this moon include Wine Moon, Singing Moon, Sturgeon Moon, Halig Monath, which translates to Holy Month, Watu Monath, which translates to Wood Month, and Moon When Deer Paw the Earth. 
Because this month houses the equinox, common intentions are all about balance. Balancing between the light and the dark, doing organizing and decluttering in your life, which can be physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual. Demeter, Ceres, Isis, Nephthys, Freya, Chang'o, and Thoth are common deities for the September full moon. The blood moon. It is the most witchy sounding moon and everyone loves October because of Samhain and Halloween, so I mean, come on. But yes, October is commonly known as the blood moon. It seems like the blood moon name has a dark background, but it's really just because it was at this full moon that livestock were killed, prepped, and salted to be kept over the winter. This is a good moon to let them some things go, and to do some inner work. Work on justice and balance in your inner harmony. Ishtar, Astart, Demeter, Kor, Lakshmi, the Horn God, Belili, and Hathor are common deities associated with this full moon. November is aptly known as the snow moon. Usually this is when the first snow falls in the northern hemisphere. Global warming has sometimes fucked with that, but it is also known as the dark moon, fog moon, beaver moon, morning moon, mad moon, moon of storms, moon when deer shed antlers, blot monath, which translates to sacrifice month, understandably, and harvest monath, which translates to harvest month. Being the first month after harvest and before winter rears its cold and ugly head, this is a good time to do some preparations. While we obviously don't need to kill livestock and prepare them for winter months thanks to grocery stores, if you live somewhere where there is intense weather in these months, you may want to take stock of some of the food in your house, but also your witchcraft supplies. Are there herbs or crystals or candle colors that you use often and may run out of during a winter storm? These are things to consider. Other energy intentions are general transformation, and around now is a great way to strengthen your communication and relationship with your deities if you have them. Kali, Black Isis, Nik Niven, Hecate, Bast, Osiris, Sarasvati, Lakshmi, Skadi, and Mau are November's full moon common deities. And the last calendar moon is the December full moon, known as the cold moon. Well, no shit. In December in Canada, it is bloody cold. Zero out of ten. Actually, that's a lie. I really love winter, but still, it is friggin' cold. It is also known as the Oak Moon, Wolf Moon, Moon of Long Nights, Long Nights Moon, Aera Giola, Moon Month Before Yule, Winter Monath, Winter Month, Helig Monath, Holy Month, Big Winter Moon, and Moon of Popping Trees. Because December houses the winter solstice, which is, gives us the day that has the shortest daylight and the longest night, the intentions and energies for the December full moon are revolving around death and being reborn. Being in the darkness, the darkest part of the selves, try reaching out to family or friends that might be particularly lonely at this time. Hathor, Hecate, Neith, Athene, Minerva, Ixchel, Osiris, Norns, and the Fates are common deities for the December full moon. Now we have the 12 calendar moons. But wait, there's more! Some years, like this year, the days and lunar cycles don't completely match up with the solar calendar, and we end up with a few extra moons. For instance, tomorrow is October 1st, where we have the full blood moon, which means the full moon that is happening on October 31st has a special name known as the blue moon. I feel like blue moons are more frequent, probably once every year, maybe once every two years. Maybe I'm just so used to them at this point that my concept of time is completely skewed. The Blue Moon actually does have a few other names. Moon of the Dead, Hunting Moon, Hunter's Moon, and Ancestor Moon. Originally, when we were on a solely lunar calendar, we probably didn't see this as such an anomaly because we simply moved with the 13 moons. But since the 12-month calendar has come into our everyday life and we have to adjust, 
to have one moon per month, it has become a little more of an extravagant astrological occurrence. There is also the numerology factor with 13. 13 is associated with testing and death, and is also associated with the tarot card death. But as we all know, the death card does not mean our mortality, but the death of a process, a thought pattern, a negative behavior, and so on and so forth. So the intentions of the blue moon are similar, in that they're all about releasing, remembering, communication with the dead, and releasing old negative memories and emotions. Cybele, Cirque, Hel, Nephthys, Saradwin, the Horn God, Calais, Freya, and Holda are all deities associated with the blue moon, regardless of what month it falls in. There is also the lesser talked about, possibly second new moon one month. Two points of darkness in one calendar month, the second new moon is named the Black Moon. The other names of the Black Moon are Finder's Moon, Secret Moon, Spinner's Moon, and Sheed Moon. Some of the intentions and energy that can be used for the Black Moon is for starting new things that are going to be lasting for the rest of your life. This is a great time for strong beginning spells, goal work, and protection work. Baba Yaga, Bean Shi, Hecate, the Morrigan, and Pan are some of the deities associated with the Black Moon. Alright, now that you've been bombarded with moon information, let's get down to the real reason you're listening to this episode, and that is putting together the lunar rituals and carrying them out. Let's go over the basics of a ritual. When you're performing a ritual, it's embodying and channeling the energy of that particular celebration, or in this case, moon phase. Rituals can consist of many smaller practices, like spells, tarot, book of shadows work, and more. It's kind of like the term paganism. Paganism is the bubble, and then in the bubble can be a bunch of smaller bubbles. You don't have to do spells or divination during a ritual. You can simply meditate and channel the different energies. If you practice within a certain pantheon of deities, you can also light candles or leave offerings for them on their moon. You may see the term espet used on various social media platforms in regards to a full moon ritual. This is an older term that was used primarily for when a coven of witches would get together in community. Even though they may have mostly gotten together during full moons, this term can also be used for new moons. It could be argued that Espit, the word, could be used for any group or coven get-together outside of the lunar cycle or solar holidays. But that is up for discussion and will change depending on who you talk to, their background, and their pathway. If you do choose to perform spell work or anything like communicating with a higher power during your full moon rituals or new moon rituals, I would suggest putting up your protective wards, whatever they may be, so that you are safe while doing your work. Types of spells or workings that can be amplified by the full moon's energy are protection, banishing, love, cleansing, abundance, and strength. There are some activities that can be done during a full moon that don't need any kind of formal ritual to perform. It's kind of like the doing the laundry or doing the dishes of monthly witchcraft. You have your regular ones like divination, spell work, and meditating, but there's more ways to make use of these magical times. Everyone knows about charging their crystals in the full moonlight. The moon's energy and power is imbued into the crystals when they are set on a windowsill or somewhere that they can see the night sky. The moonlight can also cleanse your crystals simultaneously. Moonlight is kind of like selenite in that regard. But you can pretty much do this with anything you use at your sacred space or daily in your craft. The cleansing and charging in the moonlight. It can include your tarot cards, runes, oracle cards, mirrors, as long as it's not the scrying mirror with the black glass, bells, or your ritual knives. Anything that might have your energy stuck to it from the past moon cycle might need with a good cleanse and recharge. 
And if you don't get the chance to put out your stuff to catch the moon's energy, don't stress. We went over different ways to cleanse and you can always charge on the next full moon. I would be lying if I didn't say that at low points in my personal practice, I would go months without putting anything out. There is also the very popular moon water, which is a concept that is hard to understand for some. First thing is that if you plan on ingesting the water at any time, to clean it. If you're using rainwater or snow, strain it through a cheesecloth and then boil it. When it cools, strain it again. You can even boil it again. Do that as many times as you want before you feel like you'll be able to ingest it without being sick. If you want to just use tap water or bottled water so that you know it is safe to drink, that is also fine. Take your water, put it in a mason jar or another leak-proof jar, and place it on the windowsill during the full moon. The next morning, take the jar and put it anywhere out of direct sunlight. And you can use this water for a few things. Watering your plants to give them a magical boost. Dropping some in your pet's water for a magical boost, as long as you've made it safe to drink. Putting a drop or two into your beverages, water bottle, coffee, tea, even alcohol. Using it in magical misters. Put it in a spray bottle with some crystals and use it as a cleansing spray for door and or window frames in your house. Freeze it into ice cubes to make midnight margaritas or realistically any beverage that requires ice more magical. Cleansing items that are water resistant like certain crystals, your ritual knives or other sacred tools in your practice by putting the water on a cloth and gently rubbing them down. Types of spells or workings that can be amplified by the full moon's energy are protection, banishing, love, cleansing, abundance, and strength. Something I should mention here that is an incredibly commonly asked question is no, the moonlight does not have to physically touch your tools or your water in order to get the job done. You still feel her effects and her energy even when it's cloudy out, right? Same thing, your tools aren't stupid and neither is the moon. I know we primarily talked about full moons since they're the ones with the official names and all that jazz, but the new moons are just as powerful for different reasons. New moons, because of their quote-unquote dark properties in comparison to the bright light of the full moons, tend to lead towards the activities that we are more likely to shy away from, like self-reflection and shadow work. But they're also great times for banishing spells, calming spells, and for general cleansings. Types of work that would be good here are ones that involve shedding old habits, making preparations, plans and goals, and planting seeds. If it's a spring new moon, this time of the lunar cycle is also a physically good time to plant gardens and flowers. Well, there you have it. A whole buttload of information about moons and how to work with them. If you think I missed anything or want me to go into more detail about anything you heard in this episode, leave a comment on my Instagram or Twitter under the episode's live post. Next, we'll be finishing the mini-series of basic practice techniques by diving into the Sabbaths, fire festivals, and their rituals. Did you know that I have a book out? A Witch's Book of Shadows, Spells, Rituals, Sabbaths, and Journal Grimoire launched on the new moon in September. This second and updated edition of the Kickstarter journal has 30 more pages, spell and ritual excerpts from my personal book of shadows, added blank space in the grimoire to put in your own correspondences, and a new grimoire section all about the zodiacs. You can buy the book on Amazon in softcover, hardcover, or ebook, or order signed copies through my personal website at www.awitchaloneshop.com. Also, starting October 1st, I'll be launching a Patreon. Monthly printable Book of Shadows pages, Discord discussions, and free tarot readings are just part of the perks you'll be able to make use of. 
Come find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook under A Witch Alone, and make sure you say hi, because I always love meeting new followers. And as always, let's make some magic.